Yo, this is The Rock kicking it with the refugee camp, and you're about to smell what The Rock is cooking. Songs in the Key Of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs, anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So let's get on with it. This week, you'll get to hear from some more earworms that have been meandering through my brain over the last seven days. Think King Crimson, and you will think, most likely, of one album, their first, in the court of the Crimson King. The one with that album cover, a tormented soul painted in vivid blues, reds and purples. And you'll probably be thinking of 21st Century Schizoid Man, the opening track which is full of crazy saxophone riffs and snarling vocals and manic crazy melodies. But what about the second song from that album, I Talk to the Wind? It sounds like the complete opposite. Gentle, ethereal, peaceful where the first song is full of raw, reedy sounds of rasping saxophones, I Talk to the Wind substitutes this for the breathy, soothing sound of the flute. And it's just gorgeous and dreamy. But listen to the words and you'll find a whirlwind of confusion not that dissimilar to the opening song. It's the searching of a lost man who feels he is not able to make a big impact in the world and he doesn't feel very well impacted by other people. Not only is he talking to the wind, he's very much blown around by it. Said the straight man to the late man Where have you been? I've been here and I've been there and I've been in between. I talk to the off the back of me riffing on the subject of Rialto in my first podcast episode, Stuart Turner of Stuart Turner and the Flat Earth Society tweeted me with his own reminiscences of long-forgotten indie bands from the late 90s and early noughties. One of the bands he mentioned was The Warm Jets, which reminded me that I'd once picked up their album Future Signs from one of the branches of Vinyl Exchange in Manchester. Vinyl Exchange was one of those places that music obsessives like me adore. 
crates and crates filled not with actual CDs but rather plastic wallets containing the liner notes and a card showing prices with diminishing values based on how long the second-hand copy of the obscure album in question had been in stock. For the sum of less than 30 quid, you could walk away with maybe 10 albums, so you could feel free to experiment. Pick up something that looked interesting, safe in the knowledge that, if it turned out to be a bit of a duff, there was really no harm done. I may well devote an entire episode to one of my outings to Vinyl Exchange, for no other reason than that place has to a certain extent, taken up a valuable part of my consciousness, maybe even my soul, a kind of happy place for the musical geek I am. I know very little about the Warm Jets, other than what I know of this album. Maestro in particular is a fast-moving, thrashy piece of bubblegum indie pop with a nonchalant vocal. Like Marcel Proust in his Madeleine, Songs like this will send me back quite happily to a sense memory of musical discoveries between lectures and essay writing while at university. Space program come down to turn us up with love a dizzy end. Check the man and down his cell a super shop of laser truck. A Polaroid on denim cut dope man sees is all he had. It's a chilly red electric chair that surely ain't no love affair. My stroll, my stroll, play that dirty song again. My stroll, my stroll, feel weird to appear. My stroll, my stroll, play that dirty song again. My stroll, my stroll, feel weird to appear. Just as I know very little about the Warm Jets, I know very little about hip-hop. Less than little, in fact, a minuscule amount. In fact, I have the sum total of one whole hip-hop album, Wycliffe Jean's The Ephclectic Two Sides to a Book. But if I'm only ever going to own one hip-hop album, I'm fairly certain it's a good choice, for me at least anyway. One of the songs featured on the album is It Doesn't Matter, and it features Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. WWE's The Rock. The Rock's presence makes it something of a tongue-in-cheek tune, a novelty song even, perhaps. Hearing Johnson roaring, It Doesn't Matter, as he always used to in the wrestling arena, can't help but make you chuckle. But beneath it all, there's something approaching the social observation that comes with all good hip-hop. In his assessment of some of the trivialities of celebrity culture, how the rich and famous will find themselves surrounded by people who will only stick around in the good times. Because if you ain't sharing, people ain't caring. Come up in the hood and they take everything you're wearing. It bounces along with a fantastic reggae beat, plenty of saxophones and offbeat guitars. And with Dwayne Johnson on board, what's not to love? Yo, 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 I got 50 Bentleys in the West Indies. It doesn't matter. I got a pocket full of cheese and a garden full of trees. It doesn't matter. I just won the bingo, bought a crib in Rio. It doesn't matter. Cause if you ain't sharing, people ain't caring. Come up in the hood and they take everything you're wearing. Back in the days, it was all about the clubs. And so-called thugs used to dance the break for love. The girls, they wouldn't say hey unless you bought a champagne like it was their birthday. Me, I used to stand outside, hustling my way. And I'm on the guest list plus five. Just performing tonight, he said, Shaba, Mr. Lover, that believe you, the selector. Stop, yeah, jump, the rocks up in here. Disrespect MCs and catch a smack in your left ear. Freebie CDs are occasionally absolutely fantastic. 
There are some CDs that have come out on the front cover of magazines that I've listened to with the same level of devotion as an album bought full price from a record shop. One such freebie was 2005, Uncut Presents the Year's Essential Music. It featured Devendra Banhart's I Feel Just Like a Child, which I instantaneously decided I have to have crowbarred into my funeral at some point. Hal's I Sat Down, which was full of splendid harmonies, and Sufjan Stevens' The Man of Metropolis Steals Our Hearts, which was my introduction to the singer-songwriter who, at the time, was on a mission to release an album for each of the states of the USA. He came to a grinding halt after just two. But another track from this seemingly throwaway compact disc, which, to my lasting regret, I did, very foolishly, throw away, was Raikuda's Chinito Chinito. And just as with the Banhart, Hal and Stevens records from which their songs came, I made sure to get my hands on the CD on which you'll find Raikuda's song. Chavez Ravine is a concept album themed around the story of a community whose homes are demolished to make way for a new public housing initiative. It's a true story. Thanks to the McCarthyite Red Scare of the era, where such housing projects were viewed as un-American and socialist, the new housing never materialised, even though the old community had, by then, been knocked down. Ultimately, the area became redeveloped, not as a housing project, but as a stadium for the Brooklyn Dodgers baseball team. Chinito Chinito is a song originally created by the songwriting duo Felguerez and Diaz, which Raikuda used for the album as a means of demonstrating the diversity found in Chavez Ravine's old community, with Chinese laundrymen rubbing shoulders with Mexican women in the heart of Los Angeles. Here's Raikuda's comments from the liner notes of the Chavez Ravine album. Mexicans and Chinese have been living side by side downtown since the late 1800s. Little Willie G's aunt used to say, Here comes Chinito Toca la Melaca, playing his change box. Just a comment, I should judge. No race hatred, no gang war, no police crackdown. This Raikuda album is rich in its social history, with much to tell us about how we once lived and how we are living our lives now. Chinito, chinito, toca la malaca, chinito. Chinito, chinito, no lo cuba más. Chinito, chinito, me lava la malopa, chinito. Chinito, chinito, no lo cuba más. Cuando la malaca como mucho lo, chinito no trabaja de cinco a dos. Lava la camisa ni plancha el pantalón. Cuando la malaca lo lleva al There is something beautifully autumnal about Mysteries by Beth Gibbons and Rustin Mann. From the opening lines of God knows how I adore life, when the wind turns on the shores lies another day, I cannot ask for more. You can feel the sudden chill in the air. Suddenly you're being transported to a place far away from the hurly-burly of work and cities and busyness, to somewhere still, 
wrapped up in that warm coat you've had to pull out from the back of your wardrobe as you trudge through browning leaves and marvel at this beautiful world. God knows how I adore life When the wind turns on the shore lies another day I cannot ask for confession to make. I'm not the world's greatest fan of Fleetwood Mac. There are a few bands and artists that it's considered absolute sacrilege to not hold in the most complete of highest esteem. The Beatles, David Bowie, Prince. Actually I'm not too bothered about Prince either, sorry about that. Anyway, back to Fleetwood Mac. I was introduced to Fleetwood Mac by my mate Justin who had an evangelical zeal for three things musical, Tina Turner, Pink Floyd and Fleetwood Mac. Pink Floyd definitely appealed. I bought Dark Side of the Moon off the back of one of his sermons on the subject and was an instant convert, but Tina Turner and Fleetwood Mac, less so. Fleetwood Mac just seemed a little too M-O-R, A-O-R, common denominator pleasing. Plus there was the whole soap opera that was Fleetwood Mac that for me at least seemed to get in the way of the music. These were my instinctive responses that I found it very difficult to shake off. It felt like Fleetwood Mac was actually a collection of inflated fragile egos who probably didn't need any more attention. Plus there's the fact that Stevie Nicks does sing like the goat she's mistaken for in a South Park episode. You may be getting the impression that I'm not entirely enamoured with the band. There are moments from the band's music that I do like. Early Peter Green era Fleetwood Mac for example, pre-Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham. The bluesy period where it was all need your love so bad and songs like that. And even stuff from later on, like the title track of Tusk, which sees the band experimenting with chanting and the overblown use of American marching bands. Or The Chain, the sound of Formula One. I've often complained that it's not the devil, but sports coverage that gets some of the best tunes. And The Chain is no exception. But for the most part, Fleetwood Mac leave me cold. And then, the other day, out of nowhere... Landslide, from the band's eponymous album of 1975, came on. I've heard it many times before, it's just one of those songs, but this time it really hit me. That intimate acoustic guitar, even Stevie Nicks' voice, but it's the lyrics where things are taken up to the stratosphere. It's about adjusting to change, coping with change. The ups and downs of life, addressing your deepest fears. O oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides, 
can I handle the seasons of my life? Well, I've been afraid of changing, because I've built my life around you. But time makes you bolder, even children get older, and I'm getting older too. It's strange how a song you've heard a thousand times before, by a band you're convinced you're really not that bothered about, will suddenly click and speak volumes to you. Interesting, I suppose, that this song in particular has sparked this change, because it is all about changes and moving on and reassessing things. Perhaps it's time for me to give Fleetwood Mac a second look. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I've built my life around you But time makes you bolder Even children get older And I'm getting older too band whose initials comprise the letters B, S and P, in whichever order you like, must by definition be a good thing. See the Pet Shop Boys, see British Sea Power, see Public Service Broadcasting, oh, and Sweet Billy Pilgrim. Taking their name from the lead character of Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five, the band are most likely to be most familiar thanks to their appearance in an episode of The IT Crowd, where Jen, the relationships manager, starts dating the band's fictional keyboard player and manages to get her way into singing backing vocals very, very badly. I love Sweet Billy Pilgrim. Their music lurches from the quietly tender to the full-throttled magnificence of heavy amplification with big guitar sounds. Grove Ponies comes from the bonus CD of their 2015 album Motorcade Amnesiacs. It's a sprawling epic of a tune clocking in at 14 minutes 42 seconds with a rich variety of sounds and themes and textures. It's indulgent in the very best of ways. Gorgeous and luscious and great.
Walter Murphy's A Fifth of Beethoven appeared on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, but most recently you'll have heard it on the opening credits of Mrs. America, a series starring Kate Blanchett about women campaigning for equal rights in America. Now, I love it when classical music gets drawn into the world of rock and pop, but this, this is something else. It's the funkiest thing you'll hear this week, which is kind of appropriate because it just so happens we've passed the 5th of October, National Get Funky Day. I'm sorry, I didn't get you a card. A fifth of Beethoven picks the famous opening bars of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, one of those tunes which everyone knows whether they think they do or not, and takes it for a night out at Studio 54. Those opening four notes, usually sounding so full of ominousness and terror in their original context, now become joyous and soul-filled and buzzing with energy. few years I've become a fan of electronic music in a way that once eluded me. It's the glitches and distortions of the likes of John Hopkins and Max Cooper that have drawn me in. The sound of imperfection in a genre that sometimes runs the risk of entering a world of sterility and precision. Rival Consoles is another artist that I've been particularly drawn to. The album Persona is a regular place to go to when I need to get my head down and concentrate. Take Phantom Grip, for example, with its grinding sounds, mechanised beats and shimmering melodies high above. There's a sense of busyness that all registers down in the bass, high up in the treble and swimming around in between. And it all comes together to form a spellbinding, cohesive whole. with something just plain weird. A macabre journey through swing jazz, sensational operatics, heavy metal and Latin lyrics. Welcome to the world of Diablo Swing Orchestra. Balrog Boogie appears as the first track on the band's album The Butcher's Ballroom and it's an absolute riot. You will, quite frankly, love this. 
it might well give you nightmares, but you'll love it. So there you have it, another 10 songs to keep you entertained as the nights begin to properly draw in. When putting together podcasts like this I'm not deliberately looking for a theme, but themes often emerge, perhaps simply because they reflect the kind of mood I'm in and the sorts of things I'm thinking. This week it's been clear that a theme's emerged about mental health and well-being, from the King Crimson song through to Fleetwood Mac, Beth Gibbons and Rustin Man, and even the Wycliffe Jean song featuring Dwayne Johnson. They've all been about the need to take care of yourself to avoid distractions and be aware of what you really need. As it happens, Saturday the 10th of October was World Mental Health Day. I hope you've been able to take care of your own mental health lately and are able to do so over the next few days, weeks and months ahead, especially with what we have to put up with in the world at the moment. Until we meet again, have a marvellous few days and nights.